Hi, my name's Anna Saren, and I'm Director of Listings Development with the Canadian Securities Exchange. You're joining us for a special edition of our Exchange for the Entrepreneur podcast. We are here celebrating International Women's Day on Wednesday, March 8th. I am joined by two amazing guests. I'm very excited about our conversation today. Um, They are women that I work for, that I work with at the Exchange. I'm very excited to be joined by Marianne Plangio, the CSE's Chief Financial Officer. Sir. Hello, Marianne. Hi, Anna. And I'm also joined by Tracy Stern, the CSE's Chief Legal Officer with the CSE. Hello, Tracy. Hello, Anna. Um, so firstly, I'm very excited about this interview because I enjoy working with the two of you so much and, and the three of us have fantastic conversations as it is. So I'm uh, very excited to show the world um, our amazing exchange and the amazing women that are leading it. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about women and stock exchanges. So there's lots of information that we're seeing about women coming into capital markets and, and we've seen an incredible growth um, you know, over the past few decades. It's pretty exciting to see. I'd say most rooms I'm in now have a very nice, diverse mix. Um, but women in stock exchanges is a bit, bit of a different topic. Um, I thought this was interesting. In North America, this isn't in Europe, but in North America, the first stock exchange really commenced um, because of the railroad. So people wanted to have the ability um, to cut across homeowners' lands. And what they did in turn to be able to cut across their lands with the railroad track was they gave the owners, the landowners, uh, share in the railroad. Um, this then became the first real game in the stock market in North America. Um, women at the time were not really allowed to invest or invest in their name. Um, and so in 1880, a woman by the name of Katie Stanton started her own female-run stock exchange. Hmm. I think by the time she was said and done, there was a few that were built, um, which is pretty exciting. And so it was all about investing in the railroad. So uh, we have some amazing pioneers I think there's been some incredible women, um, you know, globally that have been part of stock exchanges and helped their build. The one thing that I have to say about the CSE that does make us truly unique is we are only um, or almost 20 years old. Uh, we're a very young exchange and we've grown very quickly. And so it's amazing to have these incredible women um, at the helm of our exchange, of course, alongside our wonderful CEO, Richard <laughs> Carlton. Um so I, I just wanted to start talking about uh, a little bit about what their roles are, just for those that may not know what a CFO for a stock exchange does. Marianne, uh, her role includes managing and directing the accounting and financial reporting for the company. Very important, considering we expect that of all of our issuers. Um, she works closely along our CEO and senior management team on corporate strategy and business development. She was a director for the CSC um, in 2016 and sadly had to retire from that role to join us internally as CFO, which we're very happy about. Um, during that period, she served as chair of the audit committee and as chair of human resources committee. Um, Marianne, it's been such a breath of fresh air to have you with us at the CSC. How long has it been now? Just coming up on three years. Wow. And see, it doesn't feel that long because of the pandemic. It feels like it's been short, but I feel like I've worked with you forever and it's just been such a pleasure. Why don't we start with you? Tell us about your uh, roadmap into the capital markets. I, I guess it's it's more, it's less that, you know, I necessarily chose capital markets. I think it's more capital markets chose me. Um, in, in my first job out of university, I worked for a public accounting firm. And just over the time I was there, it kind of evolved that most of my clients and audits that I worked on were in capital markets, um, various different 
industries, parts of capital markets. And, you know, at the end of the day, I ended up joining one of those clients um, that was a pension plan. And again, all of my roles since then have been in capital markets. Um, but the nice thing about it is, you know, you can have really diverse roles and really diverse companies because capital markets is sort of such a broad uh, set of companies. But uh, that's sort of the journey here. And uh, to your point, was on the board of the CSC, and I'm delighted to, to now be here working alongside the likes of you guys and, and Richard as well. Wonderful. Okay, I'm going to jump over to you, Tracy. Um, so Tracy has just joined us this past year, or sorry, was it in 2023 that you officially, 2022? 2023 it's been in January. Just in January. <laughs> it feels like forever, but just It does. It does. You're part of the family. So uh, the chief legal officer is a fairly important role uh, with the stock exchange. Um almost as important, if not as important as the CFO and our CEO. The three of you really are kind of the uh, the tripod of the exchange. The chief legal officer, uh, you're responsible for all the risk, legal and compliance matters relating to the CSC. That's a big job, Tracy, um, and you are definitely qualified for it. You joined us after more than two decades with the OSC, which is um, one of our regulators. So this has been a very natural and wonderful fit. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you ended up in the capital markets? Uh, I think much like Marianne, uh, I fell into it. I uh, articled at a firm in downtown Toronto, um, loved my securities and corporate um, rotation and wanted to do more of that. Um, when I left the firm, I joined the OSC. Uh, back at the time, the OSC was do, was divided into different uh, departments, and we the department that I was in we did everything. Um, so even though there were you know multitudes of people, they were still we were doing all kinds of cross sections of, of different things in the context of, of regulation. And then when the market regulation uh, department was formed, I joined it in I think it was about 1999 or 2000, and that's where I stayed and and loved every second uh, of being in market regulation. That branch was responsible for everything from Y2K to high frequency trading to now crypto trading platforms and marketplaces. So it was a vast and interesting uh, 20 plus year career at the OSC, uh, really getting into um, the, the front lines of, of regulating change. Okay, Tracy. So you had mentioned in our in our pre chat that there was actually um, a large community of women that were at the OSC. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So in the early days of the OSC, um, weren't wasn't very big. Probably about maybe 150 people, um, a lot of women. And I think that, that, you know, that was driven largely because it was a government organization at that time, no longer in terms of, of it's now self-funded. Um, it was a, a job that could be managed in terms of nine to five or eight to four. Um, and they had really good benefits on maternity leave. Um, and so I think at the time that I joined, it was probably about 70, 30, um, for women in terms of women in, in, in the roles, uh, and in the leadership roles. And then over time, it's evened out. Um, so that when I left, it was probably about 50, 50, but, uh, um, they were very progressive in the context of, of the mat leave and, and the paternity leave at the time and, and still, um, because of the, of the connection to government. So it was a unique opportunity for me to work with a myriad of women leaders, um, a lot of whom I've taken bits and pieces of, of lessons over the years to 
you know, help me along in my journey. You know what? You touched on something that's incredibly important, I think, in this discussion is um, the idea when you're working uh, for an organization that has those benefits for maternity and paternity, um, which has become, I think, almost as equally as important. Um, all three of us have children. All three of us have built a, a fairly long career in the capital markets and have had to, whether short or long, had to take a moment away from it um, to tend to our children. Um, I think you know, from a society standpoint, we recognize how important it is for either the mother or father to have some some real time with their children when they're born. And that really kind of builds out, it builds out, uh, you know, a market, it builds out um, us as a society. So I think that's been a really important thing that's been, it's been a, it's been something that's been important in Canada, I think, especially over some other countries, we've been fairly progressive. And I think it's been something that's been very helpful to launch women into any industry. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, go ahead, Tracy. <laughs> um, Tracy, one thing I want to ask you before we move on, because we're going to get into some fun stuff here. I, I wondered if you would give our viewers, I think, I think people know what the regulators are in, in uh, the Canadian markets, but would you give us a little overview? What, what are the regulators job? What is their role? And, and what is what drives them as far as um, compliance and safety and watching out for investors? What what is the OSC there for? So the OSC is one of 13 securities regulators across the country. It's a provincial system um, and they work with also the self-regulatory organizations, um, I guess, have now merged. So it's called New SRO, formerly the MFDA and IROC. But really, all of those organizations are driven by sort of the same mandate, which is fostering uh, fair and efficient markets and confidence in markets, uh, pr investor protection and ensuring that investors um, are have the information that they need uh, to make informed decisions, that they're protected. And um, there's also some movement now towards... Um, uh, uh, systemic risk and and the maintenance and management of systemic risk. And so all of the regulators really focus uh, their attention in all of their rules on on those aspects uh, of the mandate that they've that they're given. A super important element to our markets and and to maintain that integrity, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think I think that part of um, you know the fair and efficient capital markets um, piece of the mandate is all about market integrity and making sure that stock exchanges like ours um, operate with integrity, that we're focused on the public interest, um, that we protect investors, that we foster uh, capital formation, um, and I think that that the the regulators help to guide stock exchanges, dealers, investors in that direction. Okay, so on that note, Marianne, I'm going to move over to you because I want to talk about your job a little bit because I think this is really important for people to understand as well from the investor side or from the issuer side. Um, financial reporting um, is is kind of one of the crux of how we function um, as a public market. The disclosure requirements around financial reporting, the auditing requirements, how things are done, it, it builds on that structural integrity in the markets, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And, and, you know, fitting into what Tracy just talked about in terms of the regulators and, and having oversight and guidance for us around 
trust in the public markets, basically, um, that ongoing continuous disclosure by the issuers is critical uh, in terms of providing investors, either act, you know existing investors or potential investors, with the right information at the right time for them to make informed decisions. You know that absolutely, and, and then we, you know, here in our own finance department, practice what we preach in terms of uh, doing monthly financial statements for our shareholders as well, despite the fact that we're a private company. That's right, and I get those because I'm a shareholder of the CSE, a proud one at that. It. <laughs> okay, Marianne, I'm going to start off with you, and and look, these are tough questions. I, I'm going to I'm going to walk away sort of from the woman bent, but let's talk about people in the capital markets a little bit. There are some things that are unique to women as far as challenges and opportunities. We're going to touch on those, but feel free to talk about any challenges um, that humans in the capital markets might see. What? In, in your time in the capital markets, what are some challenges that that you have seen as far as people out there trying to build their careers? Um, I, I think, you know, it touches very much on what we talked about earlier, um, particularly for women who have children. Right. And the expectation around hours, um, deadlines, unreasonable deadlines, um, all of that piles up. And, and you know, I think for for women and for any leader, right? It's really about looking at how do leaders um, direct that and deal with that and taking note of what looks like good leadership and what doesn't. And just as importantly, what doesn't, right? To learn from that. And I think over the years, um, people have recognized that we need more diversity. We need more balance. Um, and so there's much more ability to find roles in capital markets that allow you to have that. Um, you know, I, I think it's great. Tracy was talking about the OSC, who was obviously way ahead of the game uh, on that front. Uh, and now I think the rest of capital markets is starting to catch up. Um, and that provides a lot of opportunities, right? Again, as I mentioned earlier, capital markets is so broad. You know, you can have a role in finance, you can have a role in legal, you can have a role in sales and marketing, you can have a role in IT. I, I spent uh, several years uh, running an IT department, um, which I learned a ton at, uh, but otherwise never would have had that opportunity. So again, capital markets, great opportunities and uh, great challenges, right, to learn new stuff. Absolutely. Tracy, what are your thoughts? I mean, we touched on the maternity and those benefits, but what are other challenges that potentially women have have faced as they've built out their careers? I mean, I think to, you know, to Marianne's point, the, the, the expectations around um, social gatherings and, and having to stay at work late and going out for drinks and golf games and things like that have been a challenge for women. Um you know, in terms of, of having to be home uh, at a certain time or, or don't play golf like me, I don't play golf, but um, that doesn't mean I can't learn. Um, I think that the, you know, nowadays the opportunities are really there for anybody to, who, who works hard enough to join the capital markets. I think it's important for those of us that hire people into the capital markets to be open-minded about background, to be open-minded about um, degrees. You know, not everyone has to have a business degree to be a bright, creative, um, innovative thinker. And I think that's really important is to make sure that you have at the table with you to people who have come from different places, who have different experiences, who can bring a different lens to the same old, same old problems and help you be creative in, in, in solving them and, and managing them. 
Well, and to that point, Tracy, I um, I myself don't have a degree. The CSC has definitely allowed me to uh, foster my career. I've now been with the CSC almost seven years. Uh, I was a broker for about 10 years before that, and I have two children. So I've I've had to do the maternity. I didn't have the degree. Um, and it's opportunities like the CSC that really gave me a platform for me to, you know, build my career out. So I think, you know, it really, I think the one thing that's resonating in, in everything that both of you are saying is leadership is a really key part, um, you know, of breaking down any walls or barriers to entry for diversity, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I completely agree. I think I think you really need to look at, um, you know, and look for people who are not your, you know, like you um, and, and recognize and and champion different perspectives and, and different people sitting at the table. I think it's so critical for communication, for collaboration. Everybody brings, you know, their own ideas and a different lens, like I said, to the table. And, and the output of those kinds of discussions are always better. Absolutely. Okay, Marianne, back to you. What, you know, look, we've had a few interesting years in the market. So let's just, let's just recap what we've all experienced. You know, we all survived the hangover of 2008. Um, actually, funny enough, 2008, in June of 2008, I went on my first maternity leave. So I, I was not present for the whole meltdown, which uh, um, a child with colic seems like maybe that was easier than the meltdown. Um, but so we've we've kind of come through that. Uh, in 2012, the markets really, especially in the junior space, we really suffered. It was really hard go for um, for a lot of issuers, for a lot of investors. And we really started to see kind of some momentum game. The CSE itself saw some huge momentum that really kind of launched in about 2016 when we started to see our first uh, cannabis company start to come to market. Um, and, and it was a bit of a rocket ship from there. Um, again, based on the leadership of our senior management team that made some really incredible decisions and allowed us to be a platform for some incredible companies. We then move into, I think it was 2020 now, my, my brain of the pandemic has been shut down, but I think it was 2020 that we all shut down. And I think all of us wondered as the exchange, What's going to happen to the capital markets as we all are locked in our homes? Uh, you know, we can't be out there. We, you know, we didn't have that physical element every anymore. And the markets went nuts. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I think I think Robinhood down in the U.S. in the first three months of the um, pandemic opened over three million accounts just in in accounts. That's not the capital loan that that funneled into it. And there was a huge uh, desire for the small cap space, which was incredible. Now we've kind of come out of things. We have some inflation issues. We have uh, we have some debt issues. We're dealing with some pandemic issues, and uh, and the markets have have suffered a bit. Um, on the exchange, on that note, though, we've seen still some continued huge growth. We're seeing the mining space come back. Um, we're seeing some new sectors. There's always some new sectors that are coming to market. Plant based protein. Um, there's some new technology coming around. So so that's kind of my my thirty second. Here's what happened since two thousand eight. So, Marianne, what do you think, based on all of that, what is the next opportunity in the capital markets? If you were a young person, um, what would you think is kind of the open place for a market? Where would you head to? I, I think, you know, I'll get out my, my magic eight ball 
pretty much. But, um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, my daughter's 18. And so right at that stage where looking to put money into for the future. Um, and, and I think the, the world is definitely their oyster. And as you say, with the pandemic, people were at home and it was the rise of retail, right? It was the rise of retail investors spending more time doing some research, doing some investment decisions. And I think as we look uh, to the future, I think there's great opportunity. As you say, we're seeing a lot of mining coming back, which is great to see, um, you know, really in support of continuing with the electric vehicles and the battery powered everything. Um, and, and I think, you know, we'll hopefully see more and more of that kind of sort of green technology companies coming along too, as there's more and more focus on ESG uh, generally and how financial statements are going to disclose that in a way that's meaningful for the investors to digest and read and that it's comparable across all of, all of the various kinds of disclosures. So it's going to be interesting to see how retail investors in particular react to some of those new disclosures and some of the new companies coming up looking specifically more at green. We're also going to see more regulation, I think, come down like with cryptocurrency. You know, there's the things are changing, right? How the w- markets work themselves um, are changing. I know the CSE is even working on its own securitized token project. Um, so, so we're seeing lots of development in the tech space. So, th- I think there's a lot that'll create a lot of new opportunity, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Okay, Tracy, what about you? What do you think is next? <laughs> Well, um, I do. I, I mean, I do think that that the, the crypto space, you know, not so much the crypto space, but the blockchain space. I think I think people figuring out how to harness that technology, um, you know, crypto, you know, may be here, may not be here. But I think the the, the technology underlying um, crypto digital and digital assets will be here. And so how do you harness that? How do you address the risks that are involved in using it? Um, you know, it, it addresses so many um, issues, but it creates others. And so how do you manage those risks in a way that the regulators would be comfortable with? How do you um, have people and, and, and companies and be comfortable with using it or be a first mover in using it? Um, and, you know, I think that's what's coming in terms of of more thinking about blockchain um, and the regulators dealing with crypto and to see who's going to survive at who really built their business uh, in a way that was, um, you know, responsive to the management of risks for investors. I think, I think it's still still to be determined who's going to be left uh, once the regulators, especially the ones in the U S you know, have taken all their enforcement actions. Yeah, I mean, again, there's so much that's changing so quickly and our markets are changing so quickly. You know, every time I go out to a conference um, or a seminar or a session, um, I find younger and younger people in the room, which really excites me to see that next generation funnel in. Um, and they're serious kids, right? I mean, I shouldn't even call them kids, but they're serious. They, they're taking it seriously. They're working hard. They get up early. They go to bed late. Um, and it's really neat to see that coming into the market. You know, one thing I want wanted to finish off with and and uh, share with me whatever you're comfortable with. But I think, you know, what I love about the CSC and having the two of you kind of helping Richard, you know, steer the ship, so to speak, um, is that you're two incredible human beings to work with and to help run our exchange, whether you're female or not. Um, I especially love it that you're female. Um, but 
Do you think there's anything unique? And maybe Marianne, I'll start out with you. Is there something unique? Do you think? Because I think the CSE is a very unique um, family of of people that have some have been with us since day one. Some are joining us now, um, but there's been a lot of um, cohesiveness in all of our departments. Would you say there's something unique about us? Absolutely. And, you know, there, there's a reason why I chose to leave the board to come here. You know, I had a bit of a nice view lens into uh, the CSC and the culture here. And to your point, you said family, right? And it, it, it really is. And, and we work well together. We're all passionate about doing the right things for the right reasons and working together to advance the cause. And I think that is unique. And I know it sounds a bit cliche, but it, 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 it's actually real here. Like we're not just saying it. It is unique. In fact, it's so unique that Tracy's main concern about PDAC next week is when the three of us get to hang out. That's right. That's okay. Right. Tracy, what do you think? You're, you're fairly new with us at the CSC. What do you see as unique about us? Well, I'm, I'm new to being on this side of the CSC, but not new to being on the other side and, and really, you know, making the CSC do a whole bunch of stuff uh, under the regulatory framework. But I mean, I think, I think here you see the family, you see the connection that people have, you see the, the, the desire and the passion that Marianne spoke about, you know, you've got a lot of long-term employees and that's not because, you know, they just don't feel like going somewhere else. It's because they love what they're doing. They love the CSC. The people who work here have been on a long journey from really a startup to, you know, growing and, and being, you know, being much more of a player in the market. And, and, and I think, um, that keeps people here because the story is not over. The stories hasn't been, you know, is not finished. So I think people want to see how far they can take the CSC, um, and, and ride out its success. So, so, you know, I've been here two months, I think, and I feel like I've been here forever. And that's not a, I don't say that in a bad way. I say that in a, you know, the mo the best way possible. Cause at my age and stage, you know, it's all about the people we work with, the, 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 the respect, uh, the kindness, the communication, the collaboration, and that's all here. Absolutely. You know what? I love what you said that uh, our story isn't over yet. You know, there's there's great stories. I mean, Richard's, um, you know, he's been our CEO for quite some time now um, and that they used to ring a bell in the office when we got a new listing. It was so exciting. And and now um, it would we'd be ringing a bell too often. So we don't do that quite anymore. I think we also one thing that makes us incredibly unique from an exchange perspective is um, how much we love our clients and our clients are our issuers. Um, you know, their success is our success. And we spend a lot of time and focus on fostering those. I've also noticed over the past few years, especially with some of the emerging sectors and um, is a lot of female boards, a lot of women who are running the helm. Um, there's a lot of female brokers out there who are raising the capital. Um, so we're seeing, I think it's quite exciting what we're seeing in the markets and young people coming in as well. Um, listen, ladies, I, I think you're both fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me on International Women's day. Um, and I very much look forward to this not being the end of our story and working with both of you for a very long time. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to the Exchange for Entrepreneurs podcast, a proud presentation from CNSX Markets Inc., operator of the Canadian Securities Exchange. As a reminder, the viewpoints on this show do not reflect those of the exchange and are solely those of the guests and do not constitute investment advice. For more information about the exchange, its services, and listed companies, 
please visit www.thecsc.com. Until the next show, thank you for listening. And don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button on your favorite listening platform. Thank you so much.